Welcome back to Divine Politics Across Countries. This is an interview with Aziz Abu Sara. Aziz was put on my radar when I watched his TED talk. For more tolerance, we need more tourism, which was mainly about the innovative company he founded, Mejdi Tours. This company provides a unique experience with two tour guides from different cultural backgrounds who tell the two perspectives of the monuments, art and history shown in the tour. However, he is also a journalist, an activist and a politician whose efforts as a tourism entrepreneur and a peace builder have been rewarded by the United Nations Alliance of Civilizations and also by being acknowledged in the list of the world's 500 most influential Muslims. Although this interview was recorded last year, we discuss increasingly pertinent subjects, such as the political and cultural knowledge that can be gained from travelling between communities in the area you live in, as well as what the future of sustainable travel looks like at a personal and a structural level. I hope you enjoy. So... Thank you for joining us, Aziz. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you for for having me. How do you think traveling as a tour guide affected your political viewpoints and also your sort of political platform when you were running for mayor of Jerusalem? Um, I think I learned a lot more to listen and to appreciate differences and to learn mm-hmm. from those who are different and not to assume I know what's right and what's wrong. Um, mm-hmm. It helped me ask a lot more questions before I pass a judgment. I read the news so differently today than I used to before. I'm a lot mm-hmm. more um, suspicious <laughs> of, uh, yeah. of titles uh, that tells you here's what you should believe kind of thing. Uh, I try to actually read contradicting narratives. So if I read a story, I look for what other stories around the same topic exist that might not necessarily agree with this one that I like. Um, and it, it really, because of the dual narrative aspect, it really has helped me understand that there is always other stories and I should look for them. Uh, mm. So that's part of it. And my political platform in Jerusalem is working in Jerusalem. I realized more and more how much there is disparity between the Palestinian side and the Jewish side. And the mm. more I work there, we we trying to use travel to help those who, who are not uh, benefiting from tourism. And mm. I realized I believe, yes, activism is important, business is important, but politics is also important. And so I wanted to to make a political push toward changing reality in Jerusalem. And so I tried to run for an office that was legally, I tried to run for mayor of Jerusalem. And legally, I wasn't allowed to even run <laughs> for that office because I'm not a citizen like most Palestinians in Jerusalem we were not giving citizenship. We we had no citizenship to any country. Uh, most Palestinians in Jerusalem don't have any citizenship, period. And so we we lived in the city. We almost 40% of the city, but don't have a citizenship to our own, to the place where we are and can't run for mayor of our own city. So I wanted to right. challenge to challenge that reality. And what was, how tourism helped in that and my concept of tourism 
is I got so much support from my Jewish counterparts. Um, I had yeah. campaign events on the Jewish side. I had people who even disagreed with my political agenda who came and said, we, we would vote for you because you're trying to change the status quo, agree with your uh, political framework. Um, and that was very exciting is realizing that us and them shouldn't be Arab versus Jewish, Palestinian versus Israeli, but rather it's those of us who support coexistence and those of us who are not there yet. And what percent of the population do you think isn't there yet? Over there in mm. in Jerusalem, unfortunately, mm. it's larger larger than uh, larger than we think. However, I think the reason they aren't there yet is because of a lot of ignorance. A lot. I mean, let me let me explain it differently. We live in the same place, but we don't communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. um, when we talk about travel, we talk about travel between countries. But the most impactful travel is is the one right next to you, the one that you yeah. might only have to cross the street. And a lot yeah. of people there are not there yet because they're afraid of each other. They've been told to to fear, to, to hate the other side. Um, and they know so little. They convince they know everything, but they know so little. And I know it myself. I mean, I grew up in Jerusalem and until I was 18 years old, I don't think I've ever had a normal conversation with a Jewish person, like a sit down, having a coffee or tea or something. And we lived in the same city. Mm. My house probably was about two, three hundred meters away from where Jews lived. And mm -hmm. we never met, never talked um, wow. until I was 18. And I... I met Israelis when I went to study Hebrew uh, for the first time, and I was in a class where it was made for Jewish uh, immigrants to Israel, and I was the only Palestinian. That was my first time to learn Hebrew. And just so you understand how little we knew about each other, I remember walking, walking to my class, and there was a, a siren. And when the siren went on, it was very loud siren, Cars stopped, people got out of the cars and stood, just stood, didn't move. And I asked what's what's going on and nobody would respond to me. And I was the only person walking, everybody in the streets, the cars, everything stopped, people just stood up and didn't move. And I freaked out because I, yeah. I mean, can you imagine being in a place where suddenly everyone looks like there's an alien attack and they've been controlled by some alien power and you're the only one who isn't controlled by it and you might have to save the earth and like i don't things. even want to imagine okay. <laughs> i watch too many sci-fi yeah i read too many sci-fi <laughs> books so. uh, but yeah. what happened i ran to my class and i got to my teacher and i was like oh you can move too so the two of us have to save the world yeah. she's like what are you talking about and i explained to her and she's like this happens every year it is the, you know, the time when we stand up and remember those who died in the Holocaust, who were killed in the Holocaust. And oh. I'm like, I lived in Jerusalem. I heard the siren before, but nobody has ever 
because in East Jerusalem, we didn't know what it was. We, we didn't have an idea what was going, at least I didn't know, none of people in my class, in my school, we didn't talk about it. And so we didn't know what was happening. They don't know that we don't know what's happening. And my, you know, I was thinking about that and I thought all those Israelis who stood up and saw me walking probably thought, look, the Palestinian doesn't care about the Holocaust. He doesn't yeah. care about those who were killed there. But it's not that I didn't care. It's I really didn't know. Didn't and then know. we looking at them and we're like, what the heck is wrong with them? Why, why are they doing that? And there's so little communication that we, we can live in the same city and not know anything about the other. And that's true in Jerusalem, but that's true everywhere in the world. You can live in, in a neighborhood and not know who your neighbor is and not know other communities and not, you know, people, I, I split my time now between Washington and Jerusalem and I remember going to Vietnam and being like so excited about Vietnam and then thinking, you know, I live in Washington, in, in the Washington DC area, right next to a big Vietnamese community and I've never visited them. And it's kind of yeah. absurd that I'm thinking, oh, I wanna go so far away to learn about Vietnam, yeah. but I never really connected to my neighbors. And for us to start thinking outside that, I think would be very redeeming is to realize there's so much we can also explore home. And it might be the hardest kind of exploration because it will be, it'll, it'll touch some identity issues, it'll touch things and topics that are not easy for us to deal with. I think that's a really interesting point about traveling within your community because it is quite confronting same in New Zealand like there's like different parts whereas there's quite a lot of inequality and so there's some areas that are super like well off and completely different culture and then you can just go 10 minutes away and it's like one of the gang centrals of New Zealand but you just never go there and you don't have any idea but how do you think what ways can people change this what is a way to sort of incite more communication and travel within communities and within countries i think if you're gonna travel within your own community think about it as meeting someone meeting somebody mm -hmm. from that other community and it could be as simple as first going to to their i know if they have a local restaurant a local cultural center a local event that is not is not what you normally do and try to to strike a conversation with someone and start to talk to them and visit their home invite them to visit your home i think it's it's a connection with a person that will eventually open up for you that community and then you will learn a lot more um i i can think about like in the states here where there is a lot of issues between um for Muslim community here. And one of the things the Muslim community did is say, we're gonna open our mosques and start inviting non-Muslims to come and ask any questions they have about who we are, about why are Muslims this and why are Muslims that. And it's quite a successful project because suddenly people can come and they have a place where they can come and ask questions. And I think we need more, more of that to encourage more of those kind of communications 
Um, in actually, in the book, I have a whole chapter called "In How to Meet People While Traveling," and it can apply to when you're traveling far or when you're traveling locally. Um, different ways that you can connect to those who live there. And so, thinking on sort of a higher level, as you have started this business and it's spreading across the world. What sort of structural changes have you seen which has been a positive move to walk towards more sort of acceptance and like sustainable tourism and responsible tourism? What systematic changes have you seen or even been part of? Uh, you mean in the travel industry in, in general? Yeah, or um, sort of higher up level sort of maybe governmental changes or something. There are sort of... some good signs, especially when it comes to sustainable tourism. Mm -hmm. We, you know, I mentioned to you when we started the company, there were 1 billion people who traveled internationally. Now there are 1.4 billion people who travel internationally mm -hmm. every year. It's a very fast growing business that there is no, there's no capacity to meet those needs which is mm. uh, which is a problem <laughs> because you can't just keep it growing without knowing how you're going to deal with it and some countries some cities are suffering from that um, places like amsterdam which seeing major growth on annual basis uh, there and the government has actually decided they will stop promoting amsterdam altogether for tourism because it's okay. growing so fast that promoting it will actually be bad for the city and it's going to make people not want locals, not want tourists there. So yeah. that's that's one really good example of saying there is no endless growth. Not all mm. tourism is good. It's not great to just make locals' life miserable. So we, me as a tourist, go and have a nice week there. Uh, you see places like uh, Barcelona, which has limited the ability of people to rent their homes um, to tourists because it has hiked the prices significantly. And companies mm -hmm. like Airbnb has actually been cooperative with the government and saying, how can we make this happen? Which is very encouraging to see corporates who are not just saying, no, we need to do everything possible to just sell more. Uh, so that's a positive, uh, a positive change. That's not happening everywhere, and I think I think it'll be it'll take a while for other countries to realize that they need to regulate uh, tourism and make sure that the interests of locals is the utmost most important one when you consider how to develop tourism in your own cities and your own countries and how to make sure it's sustainable. And what has Mejdi Tours been doing in regards to sustainability and responsibility? Well, quite a few things. One is exactly what I just mentioned. When we work somewhere, we work with local communities. We try to make sure we're not coming anywhere we're not welcomed. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't want to just go because everybody wants to go to a certain place. Uh, we want mm -hmm. to make sure the local community accepts us, but we also want to make sure that we're financially beneficial to the local community, that we not as a outside company coming, making all the profit while locals are not. 
Uh, and that's why mm. we do a lot of activities with locals, like dinners at people's homes, which we we would pay for speakers or we visit organizations uh, where we pay as well for, for our time there. And we make sure we stay with uh, most of our tours stay with local hotels, um, mm. which also helps instead of going to only international chains, help uh, help support those kind of community projects. Um, we try to make locals engage with uh, tourists engage with the locals um we there are some practices we're not willing to do like uh, uh, not all volunteering is a good idea and so we're very careful about what kind of volunteering is acceptable and what kind of volunteering is harmful to the local communities um, so there are quite a few um, we also believe you can't audit yourself I can't say I'm a socially responsible company and you just have to believe me, uh, which, yeah. which is often the case. So we are part of the B Corp community, which means our company has gets audited by B Corp Association and it, sh it makes sure that we financially fair and that we have that our mission on not only making profit, but it's a social mission as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I so, do think that's an important one that often is, I would say, because I get asked quite a lot about how do I know when I'm traveling, I'm traveling with a responsible company. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about local organizations, look for local accreditations, local associations that helps. Don't look only for international ones because not every local NGO is gonna a local company is gonna be able to get to get big you know expensive accreditations but mm. if you are booking your trip in in europe or in the us or in new zealand or, or australia do ask about do ask a lot of questions does somebody audit you how do i know you really are responsible what are your policies toward paying people how much do you pay your tour guides how much do you pay your speakers how much are you paying the family we're eating in their home? There's nothing wrong of asking those questions. And yeah. you'd be surprised. Um, some companies are really great about it. Some are not. And it will help you, it'll help you find the partners, even if you end up paying a little bit more, at least you know you're actually not taking advantage of people where you're traveling. Yeah, I think that's a really important point to sort of remember that while you're traveling you can make these different choices that actually do have an impact because if you're going to a smaller place then each person that you connect with or each tour that you take that gives back to the community or connects you to the community will make a difference right and um, how much like if you in rio de janeiro you have few different kind of tours that might take you to to favelas, to the poor, poor neighborhoods there. Most of these, not all, but most of these, you basically drive through in people, poor neighborhoods and talk about them. Mm. I think ask questions. Is this the kind of tour you are setting for me? What do we do exactly there? Who do we, do we meet anybody in that community? Are yeah. we welcomed in that community? If we not, I don't want to just drive it through. Because if we're not yeah. welcome, we shouldn't go. 
Um, yeah. Those kind of questions are also really important. And there are some amazing tours, again, in that area where it's actually organized and run by locals who live in those favelas where you can go walk into their homes and spend time with them. And that's such a big difference than just driving through. And I saw ads, I saw an ad once, I was in the States and New Orleans, and I was go to see the effect of Hurricane Katrina on the local community from the comfort of your own, of your air conditioned bus. Oh my gosh. That was, I took actually back then a photo of it. I have to find it and (laughs) use it in my book. Um, But it was unbelievable that they felt comfortable to even say that, that you're not going to yeah, get even out of your bus. Yeah, wording that. Yeah, I thought it was a joke. I <laughs> walked in and asked, her. and it was not a joke. It was a serious, it was a serious thing. That's horrible. Wow, I think there's a lot of important points that you've raised, and it's really interesting to see how all these different things can be interconnected through tourism and politics which is not an obvious connection to make all at, at many times but um what was your book called again Aziz that you're it's called listening? crossing boundaries traveler's guide to world peace and it'll be out in July I already finished I... writing it we're just going through revisions now and hopefully everything will go well and yeah it should be out by July beginning of July Okay, well, everyone keep your eyes peeled for that. And I think that brings us to the end of our chat. So thank you so much for talking with me. It's been very, very interesting. And I'm sure that everyone's learned something from this conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, Aziz. Bye-bye. Pleasure.